Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. As you may have heard on our little episode that came out recently, Kim and I have been looking for some new co-hosts, and in this episode I'd like you to get to know one of our new co-hosts, Chrissy, who, like myself, is based in the UK. Now, Chrissy was lucky enough to actually attend Eurovision um, back in Oslo in 1996. So you were saying that you've been to like some actual Eurovisions in real life, haven't you? Uh, yes, um, um, in the 1990s, um, I had a friend who uh, lived and worked in Oslo and she had some uh, connections. And so she managed to get some tickets for the, um, the 1996 Oslo one. And um, I was living in Russia at the time. And my three friends who I always watch Eurovision with were all still in England. And so we flew to Oslo from different places to be together for the Eurovision, which was quite exciting. Um, and... Um, I wasn't very pleased with the outcome because that was um, I'm a Quinn, I have no voice, as I like to call it. But <laughs> And that was the year of Gina G, who I uh, just a little bit, who just set the whole um, theatre alight, but she didn't win. So we weren't very pleased about that. Yeah, not, not to make you feel old or anything, but that's my first memory of Eurovision is Gina G. <laughs> Well, I, I, I am old, Chris, so that's probably, <laughs> as you know, my first memory is actually Sandy Shaw winning. Um, my sister is seven years older than me, and she was allowed to babysit me that day for some reason. And um, we watched it on the little black and white telly and um, watched her win. And then from that year onwards, we watched every year. So, yeah, I haven't missed a year since 1967. Give me a medal. Uh, yeah, I think you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Also, also, yes, I said I started watching at university when it was deeply uncool, I have to say, and we'd get together and people go, oh, what are you doing watching the Eurovision? We said, well, we like it, so shut up. And so we made a pact that we would always get together regardless of what um, we were doing. In fact, when I lived in Russia, not only did I fly to Oslo to see the girl, but I actually flew home for the Eurovision just, you know, so I wouldn't miss it. And that was one of those was actually in um, Birmingham when we went to the actual um, concert in Birmingham. So that was just fantastic. And um, one of my friends, one of my three friends had only had a baby five weeks before and was still breastfeeding. But she knew her. She had the right um, you know, priorities, sod the baby. This is the Eurovision. So, you know. Eurovision is much more important than screaming children. Absolutely, yes. So, um, yeah, so we had lots of fun, and and um, you know, we just screamed the how it was just a wonderful um, to be there and watch Guido Hatoich Lieber clambering all over the um the, the set and Dana International doing her thing, and um, you know, it was and and um, uh, and failing to turn up afterwards, and um, and, and <laughs> we had to do that very important costume change with the feathers, with the feathers, yes. Um, yeah, so, so and, and honestly, that was probably the most exciting night of my life. Honestly, if you could have, if you could have struck a match in that room, the place would have exploded because yeah. the combination of the big fans and all the gay guys and everything, you know, the, the, it's ratcheted up to absolute maximum, you know. So I can't, I can't recommend highly enough actually going. And that was also before it got too big. I think the venues now are so huge and it must be hard to get the same level of um, atmosphere going. Yeah, because um, you you could probably, if at Birmingham, you'd be able to see Guido uh, sort of climbing up all the rigging and go, he might die. (laughs) 
Yes, he was quite. We, we were in the indoor arena in town. It wasn't out at the NEC or anything. So um, you know, it was was you know a large theatre rather than a, a you know a huge arena type. Thing. Yeah. But, so um, no, it was very exciting and watching you know, uh, um, what's her face, Ulrika Johnson, kind of you know upset the lady who won the first one by saying that was a very long time ago, wasn't it? And everyone went, <laughs> oh, don't yeah. <laughs> Set the elderly, Ulrika, because you'll be there soon yourself, you know, you know because the, the alternative, of course, not so much fun. You know, you'll either get old or you'll be dead. So, you know, better to be old, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, you say it's got too big, but I'm happy with it being that big because it gives me more chance to go see it. This is true. This is true. Yes. Um, I haven't tried to go for a while, but we are hoping to go next year in, in Italy, wherever it is, because as we were saying, we were planning to go to Rotterdam um, because we've all reached a certain age. You know, all our kids are grown up. We can do what we damn well like now. Um, yeah. And uh, and one of my friends is quite one of the three girls. In fact, the one who'd had the baby all those years ago, um, she's quite a, a grand fromage in the BBC. So with a bit of luck, she might be able to, um, you know. Yes. And so, yes, I went to I went to. Um, uh, song for Europe a couple of times. I've got it on video somewhere. I'm there in the front row clapping away in my red <laughs> dress. Um, and that was fun because that was um, because my best friend's sister's partner was um, a, a Radio 2 producer. So he used to get tickets and he knew I was a massive fan. So he'd take me rather than his wife. So um, because <laughs> I'd just be jumping up and down, squealing all the entire evening. So, um, and that was that when I met, I met Terry Wogan and Jim Moyer, who was head of light entertainment at the BBC at the time. And he, he you, Jim Moyer, used to like talking to me because I wasn't in the business, so I could give a kind of more layman's, um, you know, view of what was going on. So that was that was fun. He, he trusted you to say whether the song was garbage or not. Well, he just yeah, because obviously lots of everyone else knows everyone else, and they don't want to upset people. But I'd go, oh, yeah. I didn't like that one where she was wearing the blar, or you know, and and so yes, I, I was a bit, I was, um, you know, I didn't have any, um, uh, I can't even think of the word I need now. Um, I wasn't not trying to upset anybody, put it like that. So I was quite. You didn't care. Not not upset with upsetting the apple cart. No, quite yes. And I met. I remember I sat behind um, Tony Hatch, who wrote Downtown. And um, the crossroads, back to crossroads again, the crossroads theme, Jackie Trent, Tony Hatch, and that was very exciting, you know. And, um, you know, because you, you meet all sorts of weird and wonderful people at those dues. So, um, uh, and names you've heard, but you think, oh, that's that's a real person. Good Lord. And I remember I was I was having drinks with um, Live Report a, a few years on, and they were going, he said, look, I, I had the purple guitar. And I, I didn't want to tell him I couldn't remember his purple guitar, but never mind. <laughs> We also had a chat about recency bias and also languages. So yeah, so I'm I'm I notice when I go onto YouTube that there's lots of those my favourite um, you know top ten of this and they're nearly always based in the last twenty years and that's great because I've also watched the last twenty years so it's not that those things are not familiar to me but you do get people underneath going mm, I gather you're quite young or, or <laughs> why is there nothing um, um, and it does it is you know, you feel like saying there are you know now. Hang on, let's work it out. 44 plus 21, 65 competitions. And so it's not all about what happened in the last 20 years. And yes, while, you know, Ding Ding a Dong and, you know, Ring a Ding Girl by Ronnie Carroll probably won't float your boat, you know, it is worth remembering that those old, those old, um, you know, competitions are the reason we're here now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, one of our early episodes when we talk about the 1957 contest, um, 
I I love the Austri- Austrian entry, Wohin Kleiner Pony. What yeah. a great song. I don't know why that tanked. Why yeah. Why did that do so badly? Well, that reminds me of um, the bad lip-reading version of um, uh, High School Musical. They get the chap to start singing about, you know, Minor Kleiner Pony and what have you. So I don't know whether, they, whether it has some underlying meaning that I, you and I don't know about. But, you know, where are you going, little pony? Wohin, yes. I do speak several languages as well, which makes it a different thing because I'm I'm not a normal um I mean I grew up in uh, you know a small uh, seaside town in Kent you know not at all internationalist and I didn't know any any foreign people and I didn't learn languages until I got to secondary school and learned them the way everyone does you know um and I just had the knack and then after that I just I did uni- languages at university and then ended up living living in Spain for a bit and then living in Russia for a bit and just I, I've always got something to say to foreigners because we always chat about the um um the eurovision there's people have always got something to say um and i'm just and because i can speak i have had conversations you know in russian with russians about the eurovision that's quite fun you know yeah all that stuff um that's yeah. interesting because obviously i listen to like the foreign languages so- foreign language songs i'm like yeah. i like this melody i haven't got a clue what they're saying until i run it through google translate um, so it must be quite interesting being able to understand the lyrics. Well, you know, of course, nowadays, nearly everyone sings in English anyway, and I, I don't always understand every lyric. I do the, the, the French and the Spanish. I'm pretty cool because um, obviously I did that university and taught it for many, many years. So make sure you behave, Chris, or you will be in detention. <laughs> and that's still my go to um, uh, um, punishment there. Um what was I saying? Talking about languages. Oh, yeah. And my German, um, I did German at school um, until A-level, but I haven't used it for a long time. But I find that right in the back of my head somewhere, there's still quite a lot of German. And my Russian is very much, I learned it on the hoof while I was there. So I know lots of words and I can pronounce them properly, but my grammar is non-existent. So <laughs> it's it's very much a case of when you're with Russians, you, there's a lot of pointing and saying key words and acting and stuff. So, you know, um, yeah. Everybody's a fan of Daffy Al Magni. Again, I've probably butchered that pronunciation like I always do. Uh, but we spoke about Iceland and also why we think the UK do badly and what the UK needs to do next. I've got a real urge to go to Iceland as well, certainly after Daffy over the last couple of years, you know, and you think, I think I could go. And they've got a really, really um, uh, liberal and modern female president and what have you. And you think, quite happily go and you know go over to Iceland learn Icelandic take on Icelandic citizenship and you know that would be that you know see the northern lights well quite and I've always 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 loved the Icelandic entries into the Eurovision it's um I've actually got um a CD that I sent off for back in the days when you had to do that I actually wrote just to a a record shop in Reykjavik and and bought it with a with um, an international money order back in the 1990s you know when you couldn't do things over the phone and I was very proud to get that so um yes I've always had a bit of a thing about the Icelandic entries and Davi has certainly you know you know, kept up the well, improved the standard overall. Oh yes, yes. I yeah. mean, because the only one I can think I didn't enjoy recent of recent years was Ari Olafson, Our Choice. Oh yes, yeah. But I, I that was know, a bit insipid. I love, I loved um, Jäger Leach or something. The the great big um, ice um Viking chap with the long blonde hair and that you know just powering out a big ballad. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. But um, no, I mean, Davy's uh, music has just kind of cemented them as a strong contender, I think, for the next few years. If they keep that level up, 
Yes, quite. Do you think he'll, he'll go in for it again, or do you think he's... Um, I think he's done. Yeah. I but, think he's got what he needed out of it. Well, you know, the thing that we have to remember is that for the, the non-English speaking countries, um, you know, the Eurovision is um, a chance, well, like this year's winners, of them to cross over into a much wider audience. And um, uh, of course, and that's why we have so much trouble getting anyone decent to go in, because our artists don't need that, do they? So, you know, no. you, Italy can get its its best rock band to go in for it because it's they're thinking, you know, the Eurovision, they may think it's a bit naff or something, but it's going to, you know, show them, showcase their music to a huge audience which is exactly what they did and now they're in you know the spotify top 10 of this and that and they wouldn't have been had they not gone into the eurovision so you know that's something i've never thought about mm. that you know that our artists don't need that exposure no they don't because because we, we go via, we go via the us you see so that's um yeah i mean i still think they should put me in charge of yes, uh, the british sure. delegation i've, yeah. I've got a three-year plan <laughs> Well, well, quite, you know, and I'll come along and, and, and be called, you know, the sort of um, uh, the, um, you know, the ambassador for, for, for the, the over 50s, shall we say, and, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll be kind to kind to people who aren't that young. Yeah. My, my, if I was in charge next year, we'll be sending a, like a modern folk song in yeah. Cornish. Well, I suppose, yeah, well, why not? Because it is one of our, our um, you know, our native languages, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And it would show us taking a chance, which we haven't done for a while. Everybody has their traditions for watching Eurovision. For me, it's always a party tea. So by that, I mean like little bits of party food from Iceland. Any overseas um, listeners, not Iceland the country, Iceland the UK supermarket that specialises in frozen goods. Um, and, and always a cheese and onion hedgehog. But Chrissy told me about her tradition of beer scores. Um, so, so yeah, so you're, you love all Eurovision from like, from the start to the current years. Yes. And uh, yeah, there have been better, there have been classic years. Um, and it's like most people who love the Eurovision, it's, um, a combination of, um, genuinely loving it and also finding it hysterically funny as well. Um, um, so some of the best, as I said, I've, I watch it with the same three women friends um, every year. So we've got lots of set pieces that we do and lots of little rules and regulations, what we have to eat, what we have to say, what we, and we always dress up, you know, there, there's pictures of dressed as Swedish meatballs. There's one of me, you know, I'm, I'm dressed as Mozart in, in, in one with the full wig and everything. You know, we always have a theme and, and the year of Scooch, we all dressed up as cabin crew. That was quite fun. Um, so we always, we always dress up and we always have lots of things to do, but the, the, the best ones are the ones where we we just we just laugh and laugh so much that, that that the tears are running down our cheeks you know and there's always and, and um i can um recommend something that i've recommended to so many people and everyone of every age and all sexes and all sexual orientations love this and that's the beer score because as well as scoring the song and scoring the singer and scoring the backing singers and the presentation we also have the beer score which is how many beers you would have to drink before you could Dot, dot. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when the desperately handsome, you know, Greek man comes on, we're all going, no beers, uh, you know, or, you know, I'd, I, I'd have to buy him several or all this stuff. And then when the, the, you know, the, the great big, you know, uh, buster blood vessel lookalike chap comes on and we're all screaming, you know, uh, you know, you know, a, a brewery plus, plus a, you know, a distillery and then lay me on the mortuary slab. You know, and every, and I mean, my, my son was in, Australia for a year abroad and um, 
he was on the phone, you know, on the phone to me all through it, you know, where it was six o'clock in the morning there, um, and they they'd been out on the night before and so there was a whole load of young men um at five in the morning slightly the worse for wear um giving us all the beer scores in their australian accents that was a scream because they <laughs> love the idea of the beer score so i can recommend that to anybody and you know you can you can ask people you know of the correct um orientation what they would you know if, if you can't really you know do it but most of us can say yes if I, that was if that were my thing i'd need a lot or i wouldn't need a lot so and you've, you'll always find you've got one of your friends who's less fussy than the rest of you we also got chatting about the Rocky Horror Show and I revealed my proudest achievement from my college days. I was just about to ask you where you did your degree in music. Uh, so I, I didn't do a degree. I did a, a diploma um, it, at uh, Blackpool College. Oh. Um, so I did performing arts uh, foundation diploma yeah. uh, because my grades weren't the best. So I couldn't do the uh, higher up one straight away. I had to go in for like an entry level one. Yeah. Um I I I'm pretty proud of my achievements there because I managed to get um live performances banned. Uh, <laughs> I, I may have sung Sweet Transvestite. Uh-huh. Stripped off a cape. Uh-huh. Wore a sparkly fong and I might have sat on the lap of the dean of the college. Oh dear. It didn't go down well apparently. <laughs> dear. Well, I've just recently been to see the Rocky Horror Show live, and um, my husband was a Rocky Horror Show virgin, and um, he, he was sort of going, I've never seen an audience so excited, because of course people <laughs> were coming in, there were lots and lots of Frankenfurters, I have to say, men and women of all ages and sizes, and there were a couple of very brave Rockies, who sort of, you know, men who had the body for it, who sort of would walk in, and, and we were in the front row of the circle, and you look down, and he'd turn around, and there's this bloke in, you know, full um, fake tan, and the little tiny gold shorts and the body and the whole place just erupted and then of course we just went do lally for the next couple of hours which was great fun i think there was a definitely venn diagram of rocky horror fans and eurovision fans it's basically a circle <laughs> yes yeah, surprising that yes yeah we'll get onto noel gordon soon but you're probably too young to remember her so you know the lady <laughs> who was in crossroads so yeah yes there no, is. that's definitely before my time yeah yeah, there is a Venn diagram. Well, I'm here to I'm here to fill in the gaps of all that stuff that's before your time, Chris. So, yeah. Chrissy also told me about her stash of Eurovision recordings harking back from the 1980s. Now, just a warning: if you're driving and listening to the podcast, you will hear a siren in this part. Unfortunately, it was in the background, uh, so don't don't look around you or pull into the uh, curb. There's, unless it is a real siren, maybe just have a look in your rearview mirrors. I think that's how driving works. Well, I think we're going to have fun um, talking to you about Eurovision on the podcast. Lovely. I can't, I can't wait, you know. And uh, I said, I've got quite a lot of them on these old-fashioned things called DVDs, which I have actually um, um, moved, uh, transferred from my old VHSs of, you know, from about 1988 onwards. I've got all of those, so... You have a stash of old Eurovisions. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, oh yes. Invaluable. Because I, well, I used to, I used to tape them anyway. When you know, once we had access to, um, um, we got our first VHS in about nineteen eighty three, I think. So you always had a copy, and then of course we had these VHS tapes, and then you know, in in about 
20 years ago got a machine that could change those into DVDs so so we, we, we transferred them all and um, and also I used to be um, a member of all sorts of um, clubs usually run by people in Northern Ireland for some where, where they would they would send you um, D, um, VHSs of old ones that you couldn't get you know this is before the internet so it was the only way of getting hold of getting to see 1959 or something so yeah I've got a few of those stashed away as well so oh. yeah and, and and I said my little my little folder here full of all the beer scores for the last sort of thirty odd years. So you know I can tell you you know Dustin the Turkey of course wouldn't because we we don't um we don't beer score the um semi finals and of course poor Dustin never made it through. Did oh, he? poor Dustin. Poor Dustin, yeah, yeah. So how many did you give Michael Ball? Oh, not many at all. No, I, I think <laughs> my, Michael, when he was a young man, and we were probably in our early thirties at the time. Oh, yeah, we, I, I think it would probably have been, you know, half a lager for for the sake of it, you know. Just, just uh, what you whistle. Exactly, exactly. Yes, you know, or a small dry sherry, my good man. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah you don't need much. No, not at all. Not at all. He would. He would probably need, you know, you know, a lot of help. But what can you say? <laughs> that's his problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's not my problem with the beer score. Yeah. So there we have it. Um, Chrissy is going to be one of our new members. Um, so please do welcome her into the team. Can't wait to get making series free for you to listen to. Bye. La 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 la